Happy Monday, friends. I have a great first story for you today. I'm so excited to share this interview with my guest, Stephanie, as she shares her story of twin C-section, birth center, and home birth stories. We talk about the importance of community, the power of prayer, and how the Lord is so good to bring us through a learning process through each birth. But before I get into the show, I do want to remind you that our second Q&A slash training is tonight in our Facebook community. Uh, Join me there and others as I answer your questions, do a quick training. It's going to be so great. This is the second out of six, so make sure that you're there. These lives will not be around forever, so you'll want to attend. And if you can't attend right at 8 p.m. Central Time, you can watch the replay, but make sure you join there and get connected to other like-minded women. It is so powerful to be around other people who are going in the same direction as you. And the link will be in the show notes. So you can join that today. Now, last thing for a short time, I'm offering these free 15-minute confidence calls. I have had a few and they have been amazing. I love connecting with you, hearing your heart, hearing your desires, and hearing even your problems and helping you kind of think through it in a different way. If you're feeling stuck in a decision, need help preparing for home birth, have birth trauma you just can't seem to overcome, sign up for this call with me and let me help you find breakthrough. This is not going to be offered forever, so sign up today. All these links will be in the show notes, and I pray that you're so blessed by this conversation. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. And now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose. And I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. 
So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. Hi, Steph. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to talk to you today, mostly because a couple of things. One, you have been through every experience imaginable about, and I just think it's going to add so much value to my listeners today. But two, we actually knew each other like as children in high school, (laughs) which is so fun to reconnect all of these years later. And I'm just really excited to see, you know, what the past 10, 12, 15 years have looked like for you, um, specifically in regards to birth. So before we get into that, would you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, I'm so excited to be here, Allie. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, it's great to reconnect after all of these years, especially over things like birth. You know, it's just kind of fun that um, you're super passionate about this and uh, I am as well. So that's super fun. Um, I'm Stephanie Allen. I have six children. Um, I'm married. My husband is Caleb Allen. He's um, actually a really good singer. So if you're listening, check out his music. Um, He's a worship pastor. Um, where we live, an entrepreneur. He does a lot of different things. Um, My children, I have twin 10-year-olds, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. I homeschool them and I love it. Um, Teaching them to read has been like the coolest thing Um, in homeschooling. I just love getting to see that. Um, And then I am coaching volleyball this year. And yeah, I just love things, health and wellness. Um, That's kind of, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Birth really does connect. It's so fun. We actually met um, doing volleyball. So it is really fun to see, have, like you said earlier, we've come full circle and you are a busy mom. So it's just really fun to talk to you. And today um, I would love to hear, and I know my listeners here would love to hear kind of the um the synopsis of your birth story so you have six children here and would you just start off um when you first got pregnant I know a lot of people listening are first-time moms and they're trying to figure out like is you know home birth for me specifically um can I you know have a birth without all of this crazy amount of trauma that everybody seems to carry so you as a first-time mom what was that like for you what what were some of the thoughts going through your head what were the decisions you made what was that first birth experience like it was all very new for sure I got pregnant super early on in marriage we've been married I think like two months (laughs) I got I was pregnant um I was blessed because uh, my mother-in-law had actually had um she had had, 
I think two home, two home births. She actually lived on a bus. So one of those was like a bus birth. She had had a birthing center birth. And then my sister-in-law had just had her first baby at home. And, uh, so it was fresh in my mind and kind of like, I, um, have never handled hospitals and doctors super well. And so there's this idea of being in my own environment and things being peaceful and that being an option, I grabbed that. I was like, that is, yes, that's what I want to do. Um, my first pregnancy was really, really rough. Uh, I was super sick, barely stayed out of the hospital. Um, I was also, my husband and I were traveling with his family. Um, they are a full-time music singers. They travel on a bus. Anyways, we were traveling with them for a while. And um, I would just, I would lay on a bed on the bus and then I would throw up and then I would go lay back down. And, um, you know, when you're pregnant, you learn eventually, like you have to eat. Like if you don't eat, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Like you keep feeling terrible. And um, I didn't have that knowledge being a first time mom. And so I would try to eat, but I also just felt so miserable. So I just wanted to kind of lay down all the time. Um, so I got off the road um, and was in the care of a midwife um, who's amazing. And I was still really sick. And she was concerned about like preeclampsia symptoms. Um, and uh, we were just having a hard time. So she told me to go get an ultrasound. And we did that. And I remember laying on the table and the ultrasound tech looked at my husband and I, and she's like, well, did your midwife tell you that you have two babies? And I'm like third trimester. I've been pregnant for 27 weeks. And we're like, what? And so um, that was really fun to find out that I had twins. Um, and from that point on, my midwife was like, that makes so much sense. And so we kind of were able to change my care a little bit. Um, upped my protein a ton and, um, I just started doing a little bit more to take care of myself, specifically knowing that what my body needed was, uh, just more fuel and things because there were two babies that I was growing, not just one. Um, my midwife was very comfortable with, um, doing twins at home. I know some midwives, um, uh, are not always, but, um, she has had a lot of experience with that. So that didn't change that decision for me. Um, I also think as a first time mom, there's a little bit of blissful naivety. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm going to have these babies at home and, um, just, there wasn't any fear or anything. I just, that's what I knew I wanted to do. Um, so, you know, Towards the end of that pregnancy, um, things had gotten better. I was feeling better. And I think it was like 37, 38 weeks, almost 38 weeks. And my body was like trying to kick into labor and it just wasn't working. Um, my midwife was giving me some different herbs and things that can kind of help you uh, naturally um, like if your body's ready, it will help it kick over into labor. Not doesn't always work, but I was not feeling anything. And that was really shocking to her. Um, I was having twins, like we were doing things and I just, I didn't feel anything. So we got another ultrasound and, um, the tech said that, um, my boys, I didn't know they were boys at the time, but they were chin locked. So they were like perfectly circled around each other. And they couldn't shift because it was like their heads were kind of locked together. And um, I just had total peace. I feel like God had his peace was just 
covering me completely. I, I really didn't have any fear. I really didn't even have any disappointment. Um, I remember standing in the hallway with my midwife after that appointment and she was in tears and she's like, Stephanie, I'm so sorry. Like we, you know, I'm so glad we did this. If we had tried to pursue labor like you or your babies, somebody would have died, you know, if, if you had gone into labor and we hadn't had this. And I was just so thankful that, uh, that didn't happen. Um, and you know, from that point on, um, I knew that we needed to pursue a cesarean. Um, and, uh, my midwife had a really good connection with a smaller hospital and I went and met with that doctor and she was fantastic. And a week later we scheduled my cesarean for a week later. Um, and my midwife said it was the smoothest cesarean she'd ever seen. Um, it went really, really well. Um, and, uh, again, just the Lord's peace, uh, covered me completely. Um, and I had a really good experience in the hospital. Um, so that was kind of that first, uh, pregnancy and delivery, uh, experience. Yeah. So that adds a lot of, um, layers to your next birth experience. Um, coming from, you know, one C-section mom, I know planning a VBAC was like a huge hurdle, um, especially in where I am. There's VBAC bands, there's no standalone birth centers. Um, so basically home birth was my only option. So as you're wow. thinking, okay, I'm getting like, I'm pregnant again. Um, I had the C-section last time I had twins. Like what were your thoughts going to and making your decisions for your next birth? Um, so it was actually interesting. We, um, I got pregnant again. My twins were 17 months old. I think, um, uh, it was kind of early. Um, and I actually, I, uh, I lost that baby. I miscarried that baby, um, right at the beginning of my second trimester. Um, up until that point, uh, we were actually traveling again and, um, I was just happy to have another baby. I, um, was planning to go back to, um, where we had lived and work with my midwife again. And she, I'd already been talking to her. She was very comfortable with VBACs. Um, and so I think just because I had, I already had her, I, and, and I still was kind of naive in my birthing knowledge of the idea. I feel like too, like the online community was so much smaller back then. Um, that was like 2015, yeah, 2015. And, and so there wasn't as much knowledge out there about, um, easy to find like how hard VBACs can be or the danger of them. I just, I had my little community. I had my midwife and she was supporting me. And, um, and so I feel like I was kind of protected in that a little bit. Um, so I did, I lost that baby. Um, I think that was a, a lot of, um, that was due to a lot of stress and depletion. Um, uh, just my body, was not ready to carry another baby. And, um, and we don't know for sure. I don't want to, I'm not saying that things that go wrong are always our fault. I believe God is sovereign over the womb and over your children. Um, but I can definitely look at that time and be like, wow, I really just needed to help my, my body more. Um, so when I did get pregnant again, um, several months later, um, we were a little bit more stationary and I, again, I was in that, the care of that midwife. Um, and 
there probably was a little bit of fear um, and just wondering if my body could do it. You know, um, I think a lot of moms feel that after you have a cesarean, they're like, am I, can I do this? Is my body going to be able to do this? And um, I think I tried to surrender that fear and uh, trust my midwife. Um, that was kind of, I think at the beginning of my desire to search more information out on my own um, and and learn more about supporting my body. So a lot, I learned a lot from my midwife at that point. Um, and, and I just started learning a little bit more about eating a little better and taking, you know, better vitamins and, and things like that. But it just, I still feel like I was a, a baby in the, how to, how well I could care for myself at that time. Uh, that pregnancy uh, was really good. Um, so I was super sick with the twins, that one, that pregnancy, I was sick for a while in the beginning, for sure. I think I threw up a couple of times, but it was a night and day difference really from my twin pregnancy, just because it was, I think one baby and it didn't take as much from me. Um, and I carried that baby boy to 42 weeks and a day. Um, and I was so ready to <laughs> be done being pregnant that, um, that's hard. Going late is really hard on you. The world tells you that that due date is like, that's when you should expect your baby. And, um, it's really not like that at all. So, um, I felt very big and very pregnant and I was so excited when labor finally hit, um, when I finally was like, oh yeah, I'm in labor. And it was like 11 PM on, um, on a Sunday night, I want to say, and, you know, feeling labor like that for the first time, I think adrenaline kicks in and you're just like, yes, like let's have this baby. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to rest. I just wanted to have my baby. And so that, that labor was really, really long. Um, it, it can be long when you do a back anyways. And then, you know, first, uh, vaginal deliveries can also just, you just never know. Um, and, uh, so it was over 24 hours. Um, and he was, uh, let's see, his spine was against my spine. I think that's posterior. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was back labor baby and, um, it was really hard to find relief. And I remember at one point, um, I think my, I think my midwife was a little tired because, um, I had been laboring for like 12 hours or something. I don't know. And I was doing something, trying to get comfortable. And I remember her saying something like, the point is not to be comfortable. Like, don't you want to have this baby? And I think she was just really tired, but it just crushed me. And, um, and she ended up leaving, going away for a little while. And it's just me and my husband. And that was so good because he encouraged me. And he's like, Stephanie, this is just about you and this baby. Don't think about anybody else. You're not on a timeline. You're not trying to meet someone's expectations. Like just relax. And, um, and that was, that he became my rock at that moment. Um, I mean, the Lord is my rock obviously, but my husband became that person that was just able to speak truth and see what I needed. Um, and so I labored, uh, you know, a while longer. I tried the try to pull. It didn't help. Um, and then I remember laboring on my back for a long time. Um, I had a cervical lip as well. And, um, so my midwife had me like get on my back and actually what gave me some relief from my back was having like a corn bag or like a rice bag or something, a heating pad underneath my lower back. And I was laying and I had that there 
And I remember her saying she really thought that helped the baby's position. But I I probably, I was in the pushing phase. Um, I lost track of time. I don't know how long it was, but it was uh, probably a few hours of just like pushing, but not trying not to push and letting him come down. And she would try to move the lip a little bit on. And uh, after some time of that, and during that, my husband would pray over me in between contractions and he would read Psalms to me, um, which really helped. That was really intense. And, um, we got closer and my midwife came in and she had me flip onto my knees. And I feel like when I did that, my baby just fell out. Um, and he was my, he's been my biggest baby. I remember catching him and being like, is this really like, I thought they were supposed to be smaller than this. Um, but that relief that I got from, you know, having him and accomplishing that was amazing. And just being on my bed and my midwife was checking him and he was holding my finger and I was exhausted, but we were just together. Um, and that was, that was an amazing experience. I love that. I love that so much. Um, yeah, I think what you were saying is with your husband and and the prayer and the reading the Psalms, I remember for me on my view back, it was 26 hours and I pushed for two and a half, three oh, hours. Yeah. So it is a it's very, so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. I just like feel for you. And, yeah. um, but to, you're right. Like so many VBACs are that way. Um, yeah. I think your, your uterus is just really, really smart and it knows that it can only take so much. And so it's going to yes. give lots and lots of time. And I do warn all the VBAC moms out there that that is a possibility, <laughs> but I remember yes. the, the reading and the, the reading scripture cards I had written those out. And then the prayer was just like, I was filled with this supernatural strength and I was very content, like in that moment, it was just so peaceful. And so it's just a testimony of like, despite the hard, like you can feel peace and you can feel, um, just like empowered to do what you were called to do in that moment. And, um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about that? I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, being able to pray and listen to scripture in between contractions, it really just refocused you because you you mm-hmm. kind of have to take things one contraction at a time when you're kind of in something so intense um, when you can slow down and you're not thinking about the next four contractions. You're just thinking about this one right yeah. now. Yeah. And I think that that helps a lot to do that. Yeah. That's for sure. And then going past 42 weeks, what did your midwife do about that? Um, I know a lot of people, midwives are under like regulations and um, rules when it comes to how long they'll allow people to be in labor. So what was that like? Yeah, I think it, it can be hard for sure being somewhere where there are more rules and regulations. Um I kind of, my heart kind of hurts for, um, the moms that have to deal with that. Um, again, my midwife, um, has, um, been delivering babies probably longer than I've been alive. Um, and she, um, was very, very in tune with my body. I want to say she, um, she kind of kept a tight handle on like my health, you know, when you're meeting, uh, regularly, she, um, I was keeping a food diary, um, there were just, I think that had there been anything that was giving her concern, then we would have shifted and she would have, you know, 
pushed for or something that we needed to do differently. Um, but she was, she was supportive and I'm not worried at all. Just, you know, that she's like, this baby's going to come when the baby's ready. And, uh, that was huge having a, a caregiver that had that attitude. So, yeah, that matters a lot. I know I've had, um, maybe two clients, um, as my time as a doula that have gone over 42 weeks and the mental toll it takes on you. And I've Hard. been to 41 and five or six. I, I wasn't keeping such good track, but that is so long. Right. <laughs> it feels so long. But back yes. when, you know, my mom was having babies, she, she went to 42 weeks, I think with like every single one. And it was just like, oh, it's 42 weeks. You know, it's just when right. baby is supposed to come. So there's been a yeah. shift in our culture where mm. it's like, if you go past 40 weeks, you are making the worst decision possible. Um, did you get right. any flack right. from people going that long? I did not. Um, again, I'm really thankful. I had a, just a supportive little community yeah. of, of women, you know, my mom, my mother-in-law, which those two right there, if I think if you don't have good support, um, in your family, you're, you're kind of fighting that battle close to home and that can be really hard. So I'm very thankful that that was not my experience. Um, so, you know, the people that I was close to, uh, were supportive and, um, my midwife was also supportive. So I was not heavily involved in some kind of community or, or even in like my church, um, they were pretty home birth friendly, um, you know, supportive like that. So, uh, again, I was really thankful. Um, I think as moms, we have the opportunity to pave the way for our children. Um, and I think that my mom and my mother-in-law were able to do that for my husband and I, um, in a lot of different areas. So it's kind of encouraged me to want to do that for my daughters someday. Uh, that is beautiful. And just a testament to how important community is. And I think yes. that this is a message for everybody out there. If you don't have a community right now, that's going to support you in the hardest times, like look for it now. Right. Yes. And I think I, I, again, I'm so, I've been so blessed by the community that I'm with that I couldn't do what I'm doing now. Um, I couldn't have gone through the birth, right. have gone through like a NICU stay, like without the community um, that yeah. we have. So it's so important, but it's something that you can actively put yourself into, um, you know, like finding a church right. that is very supportive. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And finding friends that are going mm-hmm. to support you. Do you have any anything to say or any like tips for somebody out there who's like, I don't have a community and I don't, you know, have any way of getting a community. Do you have any wisdom to share with that? I'm putting you on the spot. It's interesting. I'm actually (laughs) in a place right now. No, that's okay. Uh, It's actually a really good question because uh, that speaks a lot to where I am right now. I'm no longer around those people that have always been supportive. And obviously a long distance, they're always going to be for me, but it's a little different when you're living somewhere and you're trying to kind of find those heart people is what I like to say. And uh, so I've, it's been a challenge. That's what I've been working on um, right now. And, uh, I think it, um, you have to be vulnerable and, um, asking, kind of putting yourself out there. So, you know, if you want to be closely connected to someone, you're going to need to ask hard questions. You're going to have to figure out 
um, if you kind of share some of the same convictions and beliefs and you don't get that if you're not vulnerable. Um, and so being vulnerable is hard and I recommend doing that and then being okay with pursuing something and then it not working out too. You know, like you tried to pursue this friendship or whatever, and you realize that they're just, you're not going to mesh. Um, and again, those letdowns can happen, but I I'm actively in the process of trying to create that kind of community. So doing that, um, and then trying to find a way to like, find your people. So, uh, one of the ways that I'm going to try to do that is, um, kind of host like a, a wellness thing at my house. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but just if people are interested in learning more about how to be a healthy mom and raise healthy kids, um, in a natural way, then I'm going to kind of attract the certain people that I would want to be good friends with. So those are my tips. That's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) I love that. I think that is so encouraging. That's something, uh, practical that you can do. I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, I hope, I hope you find the community that is going to support you. It is so hard moving. And, um, I know there's been such a lack of community, like since COVID and people were very isolated and were told like, that's the, that's what you need to do. You need to isolate for the benefit of everybody you know, including right. yourself. And that's and so that, against what humans need. Like we need community. Exactly. Exactly. But I think a lot of people fell into that and a lot of churches did. And so, um, I, I'm just, I'm noticing with all the women that I've been talking to, that that is what they are craving the most yeah. is this community and is somebody just to bounce ideas off of and to know like, okay, this is, this is what I want. This is my decision, but I just need somebody to like listen and yes. to validate. This is how I'm feeling. Community is so like under underrated. Like people need to see the importance of this. So yes. I love, I love that this got brought yes. up into the conversation. I really do. Yes, community is huge. Yes, yeah. So going forward with your next birth or birth, when mm-hmm. you've had three after that, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's at three. Um, so my next, uh, birth or my next pregnancy, um, was interesting. We actually moved and I can't remember how far along I was. Um, maybe I was six months, six months pregnant. Uh, we sold kind of everything we have. We sold it or gave it away and we bought a motor home and we were traveling again. And, um, and it was still better. Again, I had just learned a little bit more about um, taking care of myself. I think at that point I was uh, gluten-free and mostly dairy-free um, because I'd been working with a um, specific health practitioner. She um, uses something called a bio-meridian scanner. And um, I was able to really view my body on a lot of different levels and figure out what I needed. So I was supporting my hormones. I was supporting my gut. I was supporting um, myself uh, in ways that I had been depleted. And so Um, I was really, actually, I was really, really sick after I had my third baby. Um, it was really rough. Um, I remember, uh, probably about, he was five months old. Um, I have like this block where I don't really remember him from like one month to like five months. That time was just like gone in my memory, I think, because I just was so tired. Um, and I don't think I had like postpartum depression or anything, maybe mildly, but I just was in such a heavy fog. Um, 
And so it really took that. And my, really my whole family, we started eating cleaner and my husband was like, we've got to figure this out. Like (laughs) we got to get you healthy. Um, and so I was kind of on that trek. And, um, so this pregnancy was, again, I was a little bit stronger. I had started working out, taking care of my body a little bit better. Um, and then we moved and moving is always a stress on you. So if you're a mom and you're pregnant and you have moved, give yourself a lot of grace. (laughs) Um, it's always hard. Uh, we ended up getting stranded in Texas. I had been texting with the midwife that had delivered my other babies, um, and kind of, you know, doing some care with her, um, because I knew her, my mother-in-law also was, uh, pretty knowledgeable about herbs and vitamins. And so I was able to kind of go to her and ask some questions. And at this point, um, I also knew some things well enough to, um, give myself certain amount of care. Um, so we got stranded in Texas. Our bus kind of broke down, but we were around, um, uh, a church that had been planted by my husband's uncle. And, um, they were super friendly and very welcoming. And Caleb actually ended up coming on staff and we ended up moving to Texas. Um, at this point when we decided to stay, I was, um, seven months pregnant. Um, and when we decided to stay, I started trying to find a midwife in Texas that would take me on after, um, you know, not having care for a long time. And that was hard. Um, I, uh, kind of knew by that point, what type of care provider I wanted. Um, and, uh, having gone from somebody who, uh, was very supportive of a lot of things. And then I was looking at birthing centers and a lot of different birthing centers have to follow certain regulations depending on just who owns it and where they live. Uh, and that was challenging. And I just started praying that God would put the right person in my path. And I was reaching out to a couple of different places. Um, and some of them were like, you know, you just passed our cutoff time. We can't take you on. And uh, I really did not want to try to deliver this baby on my own. Um, and uh, so I was starting to feel stressed. I was starting to feel a little bit worried. We're in a new place. I didn't have community, um, although the people there, you know, were loving on us. It was very, very different, very different um, group of men and women and church And so I did, I really was praying hard about that. And, um, at that point too, my older sister had, um, had her first baby and her birth was, uh, it was, um, one of the few, like the, the percentages of this is not high, but it was very life. It was a life threatening, you know, delivery. And I think that kind of created some fear. And so I, it was new to me to be like, wow, this, I was confronted with, um, um, sometimes things don't go as planned. You know, you can do everything right. And at the end of the day, something's happened. You don't have control over that. And that was a lot of fear that I was having to surrender to the Lord and pray over those things and, and work through when I was in the past, that little bit of a kind of blissful ignorance. I didn't have that. Um, so those were two things that I was heavily praying over. Um, I got in contact with a birthing center and they recommended a woman to me, um, I believe she was a Mennonite and she did birthing center births and they did some home births, but she was 45 minutes away from me. So I reached out to her and, um, I asked her if she'd be willing to take me on and we met and she was just what I needed. She was, um, matter of fact, but she was kind of goofy. 
and um, had no problem taking me on. I think by this point I was 34 weeks and, um, and nobody else, I, she was really my last option. <laughs> nobody else at that point was going to take me. Um, and she did. And um, it was, she, she was such a blessing to me in that time of my life. Um, the drive was a little bit of a concern. I had never had to worry about like leaving my home in labor before and um, reading up on how a lot of times when you're in labor and then you leave your home, you leave that place where you were feeling secure, um, you know, you can get stalled. And so um, and just kind of leading up to birth and things uh, that was in the back of my mind. And I just was praying over that. Uh, we all also, we're going to have a family near. So my husband's family, we're close to them. We have good relationships with them. They were going to be visiting um, around my 38th, 40th week of pregnancy. And I really wanted, or maybe it wasn't, it was like 39 to 41 weeks. I really wanted to have the baby when they were there because I knew that they would help take care of things. Like they were going to be there. They were going to take care of my kids. They would be there. Um, just whatever happened, I knew that... Um, they were family. And so that was another thing that I was praying about, like, Lord, I just please let this baby come. So earlier I mentioned, there's like herbs and things you can take to kind of try to help your body naturally kick into labor. I had started doing those things, um, probably like close to 39 weeks. And, um, I have a lot of, uh, what's the, what's the term where you have like real contractions, but it's not, you're not having like actual labor. Prodromal labor. Yeah. 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 Okay. I always have a lot of that. So I was having that and, um, the herbs were not making anything new happen. Um, and so I was disappointed, you know, we were getting closer to the time that they needed to leave and nothing was happening. Um, so they ended up having to leave, but then his parents were like, you know what, we're going to be close by. We'll plan to come back like next week, you know, around a couple of days. So, um, they did. And I actually, I think they were there Sunday and I went into labor on, on Monday. And, um, and so that was just, that was an answered prayer, you know, that they were there. And, um, so we were able to do that. I was a little bit skeptical, like, am I really going to have this baby just tired of pro drama labor and all the ups and downs that it can have. Um, but went into labor and this labor was really a textbook. I feel like, um, started out, you know, a little slow, strong, um, just progressively got more intense as the day went on. It was hard to decide when to leave for the birthing center. Um, my mother-in-law, I think helped me a little bit with that. Um, just kind of watching me and seeing my posture and where, what I was doing in my labor. And she's like, I think it would probably be a good time to go. So, um, we did, I rode in the back of the car and just, um, had, I think I had actually, there's, um, Christian hypnobirthing. I think that they have, she has a download, like a free download and she's reads scripture and there's music in the background and it's super calming. Um, and I remember listening to that and then a sermon on our way to the birthing center, just to try to keep myself calm and my mind elsewhere. Um, and we got to the birthing center and yes, things did slow down, but they thankfully did not stop all the way. And, um, I really like to just be by myself. So I think I spent like a lot of time in the bathroom. Just that was where I could go and be alone and nobody was going to bother me. Um, and I did that some and I labored on the bed some. And um, I feel like I was at like eight hours by this point. Um, <clears throat> and 
I really wanted to have a water birth. They had the pool set up. Um, and I tried getting in and it was just kind of cold and I wasn't super comfortable. Uh, people were in and out. It was very like calm and dark. It was fine. But I just remember feeling cold and being in that place of, I can't do this any longer. You know, how, how much longer am I going to need to do this? I'm so tired. I know that it's going to get harder. Do I have what it takes? You know, those kinds of things. Um, I think I told my husband at one point, like, I'm just not sure that I can keep going. And he was super encouraging. Um, and at this point in the pool, a verse that I had memorized, uh, Isaiah 41, 10, um, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That became my anthem. And I just started saying that over and over. That was my prayer. And that's what I started focusing on. Um, I got out of the pool and I got into the shower and then I hit transition. Um, transition for me. At, with this pregnancy, um, it was pretty intense and you kind of feel like you're starting to lose control. Um, and I was thankful to have some people there. I remember one of the nurse midwives, she was kind of helping me lean over. I was on my hands and knees. Um, my main midwife had actually gone to lay down for a little bit. It was like 12 AM at this point. And she had done a previous birth the other day. So her, um, uh, secondary midwife, um, she was a full midwife, but she was from another country and you still had to go through certifications in America. So she hadn't fully gone through that, but she had delivered a lot of babies. Um, she, I remember her talking about how she really didn't think I was that close because I was so quiet. I'm not a super noisy person. Um, so I knew that that baby was coming, but, um, she didn't go get the other midwife. She's like, hey, she's not that close. Like <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to get more intense. Um, I remember learning about um, squatting and helping just that gravity kind of helping your baby come down. And so I started doing that. Um, also, at this point, I had um, become familiar with the Spinning Babies website, and they have a lot of helpful information about um, how to help your body move and open in a way that will help your baby come down into your pelvis. And so I am kind of an anatomy nerd and I just soaked all of that information up. So I feel like I was able to put some of that information to use. Um, whereas in my last labor, I um, forgot to mention this, but I really wanted somebody there like helping me know what to do. I feel like I was trying to labor and I was trying to do what I could, but I didn't know what else to do. And at the end of that birth, I was like, I'm not going to let that happen again. Like I'm going to learn what I can do in labor on my own to help my baby. And so I, I tried and I really feel like I was able to do that with this baby. Um, I feel like before I went into labor, um, this baby's head, I felt like was kind of grinding, grinding on my pubic bone. And I was texting my midwife and I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm going to try hip circles and I'm going to try inversions. And she was like, that sounds great. And I did that for several hours, probably in a night before I went to bed until I felt that pressure shift and I went into labor the next day. And so I feel like that was a really cool moment for me to like work with my body and move my baby on my own, but just being in tune with what I was feeling. Um, so that was some cool information. And then I feel like I carried that also into labor. And so I was trying to squat, um, and move around some and lean forward and, um, at that point, transition had already come and I was in pushing and I got on the bed and um, that baby I pushed out, I think 
in two pushes. I want to say I'm probably pushed four times with him. And he was born in his um, sack, which was really cool. Um, the midwives all thought that was amazing. Um, he came, he just came a little faster than what I thought, but I think again, that squat really helped provide a lot of, um, just gravity pressure, you know, and things like that. I did tear a little bit with him. Uh, it wasn't a really bad tear, but, um, I think I tore partially because I was pushing pretty hard. I was definitely ready to have him there and just that squat position. There just was a lot of force that, that came down, um, that, that labor was good, um, as opposed to my last one, I was much more alert. Um, my body was just a little bit handled it a little better because I worked better with my body and, um, I wasn't quite as exhausted. (laughs) You do labor for that 24 hours and you know, you're just so done. Um, after you get your baby, you're just like, just leave me in this bed. (laughs) So it was nice to like have, have him and, um, kind of get to enjoy him a little bit more. So And that was at a birthing center and uh, it was a good experience as well. Yeah, it's so true. There's a big difference. I remember feeling so wiped out after 26 hours of labor where you're just like melting into the bed and there's nothing like you can't even move your body. Right. Yeah. Like (laughs) people are talking to you and you're like, I, I'm sorry. What's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So with this last one, how long was it from start to finish? Do you know? I think it was 12 hours. I want to say it was 12 hours. It was really, really textbook. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So your next one, it was a, there's a little bit of a yeah, change. A little yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a twist. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. tell us what that was like? Yeah. So, um, this pregnancy was my best pregnancy yet. I was, um, taking care of myself even better. Like you just learn more every pregnancy. I feel like, um, even now, like if I were to be pregnant again, there's just, you just learn so much every time. Um, I was the most active with this baby that I had ever been. Um, I loved being in Texas. We were outside all the time. Um, so I just have really good memories of, um, just like feeling good and, and enjoying that in this pregnancy. Um, we were, it was at a time, a really peaceful time in our lives. And so just, there was very little stress. Um, we had been able to build a little bit more in, um, of a community and support. And so there was some of that fear from the last time that wasn't there, uh, or concerns. Um, and, uh, and, um, life was just, I was, it was a very peaceful, um, I kept this baby a surprise. So I found out with the previous baby, I've just done a mix. Sometimes I'll find out sometimes I won't. So I didn't find out with this one. Um, and, uh, I was, um, feeling some fear again about how labor might go. Um, uh, it's my poor sister. So she actually, she had another baby and it was also, it was really, really hard and she did everything right. Like she was taking care of herself. She had phenomenal care again. It's just sometimes things happen. Um, so anyways, again, I just, uh, there was a lot of specific fear that I was feeling. I was afraid of, um, my body being wrecked and not being able to take care of my family that I had. I was afraid of something happening, going wrong with my baby. I was afraid of the change that's going to come. Every time you change, you become a new person, every baby. Um, your family dynamic changes. Uh, I enjoyed my my fourth son. He was still kind of my baby. And so you think about that change and just letting go. And I, 
Um, while I was so excited for this next baby, I think there was also a part of me that was really struggling with um, the change that was going to come. And so I was praying a lot for peace and I was praying a lot over that transition, um, that labor and delivery and just knowing that I couldn't control everything. And so I wasn't going to spend time thinking about how everything could go wrong. I just wanted to say, Lord, just protect me, just keep me and my baby safe. Help me to just trust you. Um, I was really excited about this birthing center that I had found. She was kind of new and it was beautiful, just like a beautiful facility. If you could just like picture where you would want to have your baby. Um, it was like, that's where I wanted to have my baby. <laughs> so it was really, really pretty. Um, I really liked the midwife. I had gone with a different one. She was closer to me. It was now, it was more like a 20 or 30 minute drive as opposed to the 45 minutes last time. Um, we lived in a trailer and, um, for me, I just didn't want to try to have my baby in a trailer. Um, so I wasn't even thinking about a home birth at that point. Um, the birthing center last time had been a good experience. Um, so I wanted to do that again. Um, and as we got, as I got closer and closer to my due date and, um, just that prodromal labor kicking in a little bit more. I remember one, um, one Wednesday, um, the Wednesday before I was going to have her a few days later, uh, I think my body was trying to kick into labor and I was not ready. I really was not. I remember calling my mom and sisters or texting and I was like, guys, I don't feel like I'm ready. And I remember I had like this big contraction and it was Wednesday night. So like we were at church and I was with some women and they were like trying to talk to me and I did not want to talk to anybody. And my husband was like, Stephanie, like you're in labor. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not in labor. Um, and so I remember just walking outside and I remember praying and I just was praying that God would help me with this transition that I would be able to love on my boys, um, that I would uh, help them as our family changed, that God would just bring peace to my heart, to my household, um, that he would protect me and this baby during delivery. And, um, as I was just, I was just walking and praying and as I, that was happening, contraction stopped and, um, his peace did just wash over me. I don't know that they stopped necessarily uh, because of prayer, but I do think that your mentality and your mindset play a big role in your labor. And so I really think I was just too stressed to, <laughs> to kind of walk, keep walking forward in that, at that moment. Um, we, um, so things stopped and then I didn't really, you know, it's kind of funny when you have prodromal labor and then, um, if things stop, then you're like, wait, what's going on? Like now I'm not having anything. And so you kind of want it to either go away or stop. And then it stops and you're like, but no, wait, come back. I want to have this baby. So it stopped, um, for a few days. And that was just a big mental challenge. I feel like I had gotten to the point. I was like, now I'm ready. And now it's not happening. Um, and I, I spent more time in prayer, probably, this baby in this pregnancy, I spent the most time like going off on my own and just trying to find time to go pray and journal. Um, I probably did a lot more work, um, with trying to change the way that I talked internally to myself. I was a very, I was really hard on myself and I had to change those negative thoughts and I needed to, um, purposefully, uh, you know, write down positive things. I'm not like saying, you know, say the positive, think the positive, and it makes the positive happen. 
um, you know, you manifest your whatever that energy, like not saying that, but I do believe that your thoughts are very powerful. And um, if you're dwelling on good things, that's going to change your outlook on life. And it's going to change the way that your body feels. Um, and joyful heart is good medicine. Um, and so uh, I really worked hard on that. Um, and uh, that night, so Saturday, let's see, I went into labor about 3am. And um, my husband always says he knows it's labor whenever I start like moaning as like, mm, you know, just like that's, I'm starting to focus. And so he, um, he knew that I was in labor. <clears throat> we called um, uh, some family that were close by his uncle that started the church uh, was the only family close to us, but they came and they stayed in our trailer with our um, other children. And we drove to the birthing center. Um, when we got to the birthing center, um, things slowed down. And um, I remember uh, walking and squatting and um, doing hip circles. Uh, and um, I felt really kind of weird. And I told my midwife, she was like, Stephanie, like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I just feel really, really weird. And she's like, maybe you're tired. Like, why don't you lay down and try to sleep? And I did because I was tired, but I really didn't want to like stop labor. And so I did, I laid down, I slept, probably slept for like an hour and a half. And I was just kind of grumpy <laughs> when I woke up because labor had stalled and you just hate that you go through, you ask, you inconvenience people, you know, um, and they're at your home and then you don't have the baby. And, um, so there's just those kind of emotions where you're like, I, you know, called on family to come and we're at the birthing center. And, um, so I was trying not to let myself, uh, think down or anything like that. Um, and my midwife, she's, she recommended doing, um, what it might even just be called the midwife cocktail. So it's like juice and castor oil and, um, other things if you want to do it. Um, and she put uh clary sage. I think she did it on the bottoms of my feet and my cervix actually. Um, and we just monitored baby. She did an ultrasound, um, and everything just looked really, really good. And so that was good for me to have peace of mind. Um, and my husband and I, we went and got, um, we went and just spent some time together and relaxed. And I tried to lay back down. Um, I reached out to that, you know, community that I had my mom and and sisters there that for me, and they were able to encourage me through this and, and not stressing and just, you know, your body was going to do what it needed to do. Don't worry about, um, anybody, but you and that baby. Um, and I really didn't want to just sit around at the birthing center and wait for a baby to come. That sounded like not fun. So I wanted to go back home. We went home. Um, and I went ahead and laid down again and tried to sleep after I did the, um, castor oil stuff. Um, and I woke up with a really big contraction, but at this point, um, I was not convinced that my body was actually going to go into labor. <laughs> so I was like, okay, having a really big contraction, I don't really want to be around people. Um, I need to go be in my own space. So, um, our trailer was parked outside of the church where my husband was on staff. Um, so I went in there, there wasn't anybody else there. And, um, I had like a snack and I was like watching a show on my phone and I had this exercise ball and I was just kind of doing hip circles and, um, just trying not to think about contractions at all. And, uh, I remember 
thinking like, okay, like it might be time to go in. Like this is staying pretty consistent. It's probably time to head back to the birthing center. So I texted my husband. I was like, Hey, let's get the babysitter over here. I think we should go ahead and go. Um, and I got up to use the bathroom because I was trying to do it like in between contractions. And I got up and just this contraction never stopped. It was just, it was transition, but I just didn't realize it yet. Um, and and so, yeah, just like a whole contraction, like all the way to the bathroom. And so I get to the bathroom and <clears throat> it hits me in that moment. And I'm like, like this, you know, I had like a pushing contraction on the toilet and I was like, wow, okay, just kidding. This baby's coming right now. And so I text my husband and I was like, um, I, we're not going to make it like you need to go get, um, I don't know. I, I think I texted him. I was like, we're not going to make it. I need you to come in here. And so he comes into the bathroom and he's checking on me and uh, he realizes how much in labor I am. And I have another pushing contraction and I'm like, oh my gosh, Caleb, I can't do this. And he's like, no, you're fine. Like, we're going to be fine. We're going to get, you know, we can do this. And so he's got the midwife on the phone and he goes and grabs my, um, I had like an emergency bag in the car, uh, full of things that, you know, in case you're on the, in the car on the road and you start having your baby, that's like when you would use that stuff. And I didn't really think I would need it, but he grabbed it and grabbed a bunch of towels and, um, lay them on the bathroom floor. And I remember just being like in the bathroom and sitting on this toilet and I'm like, where am I going to have this baby? Like there's, there's nowhere for me to go. Like we're in the church. If I try to walk somewhere, I'm going to ruin carpet. Um, and so I just was like really stressed. And then he brought all of that in and like, I got down, um, on my hands and knees and I remember just feeling relief, like, okay, like I'm not going to like push my baby out into this church toilet. Um, and at that point, like my midwife was on the way and I had, I had had like three pushing contractions and I got down and just kind of relaxed. And I was like, okay, like maybe I can wait until the midwife gets here. And then that next contraction hit me and I pushed that baby out. Like it was just, it was a big one and, um, yeah, right out. And, um, it was our first girl, um, total surprise. So it was like, it was a crazy fast labor, um, at that end from the time that I texted my husband, like, I think we need to go into when we had the baby was like 30 minutes. Um, and, uh, I just remember like holding her in my arms and, um, like crying and being like, Oh my gosh, like you're here. And she was fine. And I was fine. And, um, it was the whirlwind and my, my midwife like walked in and I'm like holding my baby. And (laughs) so, um, and she took care of me at that point, but, um, it was such an amazing experience because I didn't plan it. I couldn't have planned that. Um, and if I had knew that that was going to happen, the, my level of stress and freak out would have been, um, through the roofs, you know, um, but just being able to look back on that and how God protected us and, um, my husband being there for me, um, that just brought us so close together. So yeah, I love that. He sounds like he is a very strong and steady type of man, which is like, don't we all just desire that life? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, it's funny we- too. Yes, yes, we do. And that's, I mean, pray over that, you know, um, for sure. God answers those prayers. But um, it's funny because he uh, is squeamish around blood. 
and needles. And so anytime we like are going to have a baby and the midwives will be like, Caleb, do you want to cut the cord? You want to catch the baby? He's like, you catch the baby, cut the cord, and then you can hand the baby to me. I do not want to do anything. So I was, you know, when I was in labor and I realized he and I had to deliver this baby, I was really like, (laughs) Caleb does not want to, you know, this is not his thing. And then for him to just be like, be that man, you know, he was like, we've got this. (laughs) So that was, you know, not his favorite thing, but he just took care of me. So no, that's huge. I mean, uh, overcoming things, don't we all overcome things in pregnancy? And he was able to overcome that and really be the support that you needed in that time. And that's just amazing. I think the Lord really does set up things and you do. It's a constant learning um, thing going through different babies. Like you're going to learn something. Um, One of our my wise mentor friends is like birth is a progression. Like you're always, each one is just kind of like a type of progression. And um, there's so much wisdom in that, but that's beautiful. Yeah. So your last birth experience, would you share what that was like? Yeah. And hopefully I'm not like droned on too long. Oh my (laughs) goodness. No, I think it's so beautiful. Like stories are powerful. And yeah. one thing that our culture is missing is stories of positive birth experiences. And so I know for me, when I was planning my first feedback, I was like, I need every story that I can yes. to prove to my brain that is telling yeah. me birth is awful and it's fearful and it's dangerous. I need all the stories to reinforce the truth of like, this is how our body is designed birth works most of the time and Mm -hmm. I am capable like all of those things I needed reinforced over and over and over again so your stories are so powerful and I know there's going to be women out there listening who are like struggling with the fears that you were talking about you know things coming into your brain and having to having to uh replace that with truth and you know prayer and all of that this is a constant battle it's not abnormal right? It's not uncommon. Like we are all struggling with that. So I just so appreciate stories because that is medicine for me. And I know for so many like that medicine. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. So my last baby, um, we, um, had actually moved again. <laughs> we done a lot of moving, um, and pregnancies and things like that. Um, this was kind of a more stressful time in our life. The church we had been at had dissolved. Um, we were in transition. Um, we hadn't been somewhere that we were super settled. Um, we were trying to get to, to Kansas city, uh, to a different place. And, um, and I definitely feel like there was a little more stress in my life. Um, this baby was um, going to be closest, the closest that I'd had babies before, um, apart from the baby that I lost right after my twins. Um, and so that was kind of a new experience too. Um, not super far. So I tend to have my babies like two years apart. So she was going to be born 10 days. She was born 10 days before my other daughter's second birthday. Um, so almost right at two years. Um but uh, anyway, so there was um, there was some unknowns and um, and just being kind of back in that place. I wasn't super I wasn't feeling exhausted or anything like um, 
I think God had just shown himself to be faithful to give me the kind of care that I, I needed. And I don't say that in a prideful way. I just mean that I relied on his faithfulness and I knew that he was going to take care of me and uh, my family because um, as we were obedient to him. And so we were trying to follow him and do what we felt was um, being faithful. And so I wasn't worried about kind of finding the right people. Um, but uh, definitely just feeling that tiredness of being in transition and caring for a family and being pregnant um, and all those things. Um, but uh, excited about uh, another baby. Um, I uh, really like health and wellness. Um, at this point, I had started to learn about the benefits of like raw milk and um, beef liver over like prenatals, um, eating uh, real foods. Um, I was probably nourishing my body the best that I had. I started replenishing minerals and things like that. Um, and, uh, uh, was still moving my body and things, even though I think it was the hardest probably to exercise through this pregnancy, just because of, um, the transitions and the places where we were, weren't super conducive to exercise. And that was a challenge, but I knew I, I would benefit me and the baby. Um, uh, another thing that I really wanted was I wanted to, a, a water birth. Um, I, I love the water and it's very calming to me. And I felt like in the past when I had tried, um, I had just missed, messed up the timing. It was like, it wasn't, it wasn't right for, uh, that part of that labor. Um, so I was praying over, um, uh, having the right kind of timing to have a, a water birth, if that was the Lord's will. Um, <clears throat> I really wanted to, um, be calmer through transition. I was wondering, I was like, is it possible to not feel out of control? Um, when transition hits, uh, you know, a lot, you read a lot of birth stories, um, a lot of good birth stories and a lot of moms are like transitions hard and, um, it can be overwhelming. And I think that's super true and very calming or common. Um, but there's just always a, a part of me that kind of questions like, um, can this be better? You know, can this be different? And I started trying to figure that out. If I could, if you could kind of not necessarily be in control because labor is so much of a surrender, um, and a letting go more so than it is holding on and trying to make things exactly how you want them. So I was like, what is that? How do you, how is that possible? You know, how do you, um, stay calm kind of through that, that toughest part, um, or maybe one of the toughest parts of labor, um, praying over those things, um, praying again to find, uh, the right kind of care. Um, there are, uh, a lot of different options in the Midwest and, uh, trying to figure out the right people, praying that God would just put the right people in my path and connect me with, uh, good women. Um, I have different criteria that I want to search through and that different people will meet. And that's probably going to be different for each woman, just based off of what she needs and wants. Um, and so I was able to find, I was going to go with some, uh, a recommendation from some friends, but they were full. So because of COVID there's been a, like an up, uh, rise in the home birth community uh, or birthing center community. A lot of women, when they were birthing in 2020 and had all these restrictions and masks, um, I think it really drove people to be like, there's gotta be a better way. And so, um, it's kind of funny because they're like, we're so full. We can't take on more clients. Here's a recommendation. 
And so I was kind of like, I was just a little bit nervous. Um, again, uh, excited actually too, that the, just the community of women that want to, um, experience that. And I was actually connected with, uh, midwives who lived like five minutes from my house and they were Christians and, um, I love them. It was, it was amazing to be under the care of women who love the Lord. That was such a different experience. Um, my first midwife, um, she was religious. I don't know if she was a Christian. (laughs) She would talk, she would pray and she talked about some things. Um, but I never really felt like, uh, we necessarily followed the same God (laughs) sometimes. And so to experience that with these midwives where they prayed over me and they spoke truth and scripture, uh, that was amazing. Um, and, um, I, uh, knew that it was highly possible that I would go late. And so, um, mentally, if you can prepare yourself to like, not put your hopes on a a due date, um, it, it really helps you to just go past that, to just know that like my body and this baby are going to come when this baby is ready. And, um, you really want, I really wanted my baby to be healthy and strong. Um, in this pregnancy, I got some really unexpected news. Um, I went and got an ultrasound and I think I was like 24 weeks. I was a little bit late again. Um, because I've had enough babies because I take care of myself. Um, I'm very in tune with my body. I don't typically seek care and until, you know, like 16 weeks, like I think around 16 to 20 weeks, I started trying to find somebody, um, And, uh, and again, that might not be what's best for, um, any other moms out there, but, um, so I got, uh, like my anatomy scan a little bit late, baby was just a little bit bigger. They typically do those when baby's smaller, it's a little easier to see things. Um, but, uh, I went to meet with my midwife and she was given the results. I remember being at the, um, ultrasound and like looking back, I feel like, Um, there were like little hints that maybe something was a little bit off and, um, I had been really struggling. Actually, I was really, uh, I don't know. I just had a lot of fear that something was going to be wrong with this baby. And I remember that first ultrasound and I didn't get any news that day. And I just had like this flood of relief, but then it also was like, you know what? I just need to trust the Lord. Like he's got this baby and he's got me. And so I met, went and met with my, uh, midwives and, um, she asked me if I was given the results of my ultrasound and I said, no. And she was like, okay. She's like, it looks like your baby has a cleft lip and, um, you know, we don't know if it affects the palate or not. And that was kind of new to me. I was not familiar with that term, but I think anytime you get the news that something is not what you expected, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And, um, And I was just kind of in information getting mode. Um, Just like, oh, like one of my fears, like this is, I was so afraid of this and this is like hitting me in the face. And, um, uh, you know, she talked about how we were just going to get, we were going to another scan. It was going to be more in depth. We're going to try to see how much of her lip was affected. If it, you know, if we could see if it affected the palate a little bit, that was a little bit harder to tell. Um, You don't always get to that information. Um, I was very thankful for the ultrasound and anatomy scans. I know in the natural world, um, sometimes people are very much not, not for that. And that's fine. I think that's you, it's your your baby, like your decision, you know, that, and I love that. Um, for me, 
um, ultrasounds have really saved me, um, a couple of times, saved my life once. And, um, and then just gave me information that I was able to be more prepared with. So I'm not a fan of like every week ultrasound, <laughs> but the, you know, to get a couple, um, really helped me a lot. Um, but anyway, she's like, we're going to get, you know, a further an in-depth one. You're going to meet with an MI, MIM specialist. Um, and, uh, I was going to be more in that medical world and I was going to have meetings with doctors and surgeons and speech therapists. And it was really a world that I, I didn't really want to be a part of that. <laughs> you know, I liked kind of, um, not, I'm very thankful for that world again, like having that cesarean, um, and I believe in medical care when it's necessary, but I think just having to have appointments and still being in that era of masks are required and vaccines are pushed and, you know, things like that, um, was not my favorite. I, I really wanted to have this baby at home. Um, and I knew that there was going to be pushed back because something was off. They wanted you to be where they could monitor you and this baby. And so, it started a new journey of a lot of, um, new learning. I had to, um, kind of find out like, what are the complications with this and, and, and things like that. Um, and, uh, the Lord is so faithful guys. Um, the midwife that delivered that baby, she was born with a cleft lip and, um, and she was, uh, just like, this is so dear to my heart, you know? And she's like, I know you don't know the gender. Um, she's like, but I really just feel like this is a little girl. And, uh, that brought me peace. It was just so good to see that God takes care of us in so many ways. Um, even if things are not going according to plan, <laughs> you know, he, uh, is going to walk with you and guide you. Um, and so there were just little things like that, where, um, I knew that he was with me. Um, so, uh, I love breastfeeding my babies. Um, one of the biggest things was, uh, was not knowing if she was going to be able to, um, you know, we were able to see that it didn't look like the lip separation was super intense. Um, and, uh, but we weren't for sure on the palate. Um, they were just going to have to make sure after she was born, um, and see if things were intact and, and whatnot. Um, so, one of my big, you know, kind of my other fears and concerns at that point was, Lord, I really want to breastfeed this baby. Like that's such a special thing that I share with them. I love it. Um, and I was trying to surrender that and that was really, really hard. Um, and then just that, just not knowing what it might look like, like surgeries, you know, um, cleft babies, um, surgery can be a part of their life kind of the rest of their life, you know, from newborn to 20 years old or maybe older, you know, they can, they can have surgeries off and on. And so there's a lot more unknown. Um, so I think God really grew my faith during this time, um, and turning over things to him and trying to trust him because I didn't have control over those things. Um, you know, if you're a mom and you have something, um, some, uh, diagnosis or whatever that you weren't expecting, you can feel like that's your fault. And, um, it's really not anything that we do or don't do. Um, but just trusting in the Lord to, um, you know, he has these blessings in mind and sometimes those blessings are a little bit different than what you expect. It's still a huge blessing, uh, nonetheless. So, um, I carried 
uh, her. I found out she was a girl. I did find out with her and I was super excited. I wanted to have, um, I really was hoping that I could give my little girl a sister. I really wanted to raise them together. So that was really um, cool. And um, I carried her to 41 weeks. I think it was like 41 weeks and two days. Um, and I went into labor with her. I had a lot of prodromal labor at that point. Um, a lot of nights that I was up, I was like, I feel like this could be it. And then things would stall. Um, and so went into labor with her and um, remember just thinking about how um, I wanted to stay calm and present. And I was, um, I listened to a couple of different things. So um there is a podcast interview, two different ones, I think. One is with Lisa from Farmhouse on Boone, and she talks about um, – she just had a baby, but the baby before that one, I think she talks about um, how she labors on her side and breathing through transition, and she was able to be really calm through um, that delivery and that transition. And that, to me, was like, this can, this can be done, so I'm going to try this. And so praying over that. And, you know, it's not like I um, – really had a plan, but I just remember breathing and speaking and and praying over myself that I would just be at peace. I was like, Lord, I just need your peace. Let your peace wash over me. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And that was my focus and um, just, just breathing and just staying really calm. And so I went into labor probably three or four in the morning and texted my midwives and I, they knew at this point, I kind of just like to labor on my own. They were pretty close. So it wasn't, um, they were able to get there pretty fast if I needed something. Um, I was really blessed to have that. Um, and we had the pool set up and I was just waiting until closer to transition because I decided that when I needed to be in the pool was when I had already gone through transition or when I was in transition. Um, and so I was waiting for that moment. And, um, as we were setting it up, I really feel like I was going through transition in that moment. And in the past, there had been a lot more crazy pressure, um, and more intense feelings. And I just feel like I was kind of riding those waves of labor and that peace and that calm was kind of keeping me centered. And, um, so I was just getting closer and closer and I got in the water and I was never overwhelmed by a transition and contractions. And, um, I was praying, I was like, when do I need to like, let the midwives come? Like, I don't want to deliver this baby by myself again. I would prefer not to do that. Um, and so just timing that, and I feel like the Lord gave me wisdom on, um, figuring out the right timing for getting in the water. I mean, it might seem like a small thing, but I just really was, you know, praying over that. And um, so giving me wisdom for that and giving me wisdom for when I needed the midwives to be at my house. And I think I couldn't have timed those things more perfectly. And that was really the grace of God. Um, And um, the, uh, like pushing her out, uh, was just so calm and peaceful. I actually, um, they took some video of it. And, um, I, I will look back on it and I'll like, like God's God just kept me in like this little bubble of of peace. And it was just really, um, I I was very aware of what was going on and feeling those pushing contractions and pushing her down some, and then realizing like, okay, no, I need to wait a little bit longer. Um, I tore, so I tore with 
my fourth and my fifth, both a little bit. And I was praying that I would not tear again with her. And so I just was trying to take my time and not be so rushed. You know, when, you know, you go through transition and then you're in those pushing contractions and I really didn't want to rush through it. So, um, I pushed her, I let her come back up. I pushed her down again. And, um, I, I feel like her head was probably crowning for a little bit and I just waited and then I let her, you know, I pushed her out and it was just really, really smooth and I didn't tear. And she was so calm, like coming up out of the water. Um, it was such a, it was such a calm birth. Um, it really was, it was really, really amazing. Like after all of the kind of the turmoil of the, um, pregnancy and things like that to experience, that was such a gift. Um, and it was really beautiful. Um, I don't, I've never really liked the word pain with labor. I know that some women might need to hear that, that word, you know, to be prepared. But for me, I'm like, it's just, it's really intense. And so I like to think more positively about it, about how, um, how hard it is. Yes. And how intense it is definitely, but just this idea of like, it's, um, it's hard work that brings forth something so beautiful. Um, and, uh, so I really just, um, this birth was so good. She was really calm. Um, I feel like I lost a little bit too much blood, um, not through necessarily any major complication that just happened sometimes. And I was a uh, weaker than I really wanted to be after having her, but, um, we were able to get to the bed and, um, I was able to get her latched and, um, and she started nursing and I just, was so relieved, you know, um, that she was, I could feel that pressure. I knew what it felt like for a baby to have the correct kind of attachment. And, um, and I'm still just like, uh, uh, is just a blessing beyond belief that like, that she was able to, um, and again, I know that might not be always be the story. And so if that's not your story, then God has unimaginable good for you. And I'm just grateful for him for that blessing in, in my life. And um, the things that came later, her surgery and all of that, God has just been so faithful with all of those things. So, yeah, I was taking notes through like all of your birth stories as you're sharing. And I just think that sums this up so beautifully. Like he is faithful yes. and through it all. He provides what you need provision for. He puts you in bubbles of peace um, to provide that sense when you feel out of control, when you feel like it's too much, like he is faithful to provide everything you need and so much more. And he is good in store. And like, despite the hard, despite the, the unexpected, he is faithful through it all. And what an encouraging, like just looking back at all of that, it is beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing the, that, those stories with us. Um, so powerful. Where can people connect with you at? Oh, um, yeah, I would love to connect with you um, on Instagram. Um, I'm just uh, at Stephanie Allen is my Instagram handle, S-T-E-F-F. A-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N. Um, I guess we could just put that in the show. Yeah, I'll put those in the show notes okay. for sure. Yeah, so people can yeah, no, go and ask to, you. I would love to connect with you or if you need further encouragement, if like yeah. 
you're going through something similar. Um, you know, God was so good to actually connect me to a good Christian mom on Instagram who walked through having a cleft baby and she was able to encourage me and pray for me. And, um, so yeah, just, you know, would love to be that for somebody else if they need it. So yeah, community again, so important. So definitely so wonderful. Well, I appreciate the time you took to talk to us today about your stories and your wisdom and encouragement. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Allie. It was great talking with you. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.